Shalom, Chavarim, and welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with my dad. I'm here with you. There you are. Yeah. Welcome back. Uh, we are jumping right in. This is really the third episode that we're talking about this idea of two chosen people. Uh, and we're going to talk, last time we talked about Israel as God's covenant people. Today, we're going to talk about the church, God's commissioned people. Commissioned people, people right? So that's, that's, it's a big thing and we could spend the rest of our lives talking about it. But before we do that, I saw you chuckling over there and well, I thought maybe you had a little bit of humor for us. Yeah, well, just something that popped into my head. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. There's a, you don't, me, you forget a lot of stuff, but one of the yeah. things you don't ever forget is a good joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. you know, it's the last thing to go. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, here here it is. Herbie is driving down uh, Hendon Road when he gets pulled over by a cop. Is this in Brooklyn? This, the, the, it could be Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. All right. Probably Long Island. All right. All yeah. Right. And so he's driving, he's driving down the road. He gets pulled over by a cop and the police officer is walking up to Herbie's car and he says, I've come to tell you that your wife fell out of your car about two miles back. Oh, you don't want to do that. And Herbie says, thank goodness I thought I was going deaf. <laughs> We're going to need to edit that out before the ladies hear that one. Oh, we might be in a little trouble. It, uh, it reminds me of the, the old helicopter one that you used to... Oh God! Tell about the you know the one who fell out. Go go back and look at that yeah, one another yeah. time. We'll do that another time. Yeah. Did you did you hear about the man that bought a parrot? No. He bought a parrot. You know the bird, the talking bird. Yeah. yeah. I know what a parrot yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So he he buys he buys the parrot and he brings it home, and he found that the parrot could actually say the Shema perfectly. Yeah. You yeah. know. Great. What, what's <laughs> the Shema? Great. Give us the a Shema. Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Perfect. Can you sing it now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, you don't want to lose half the audience. That's right. Okay, so the the parrot can say the Shema perfectly, and you know this guy is impressed. So he takes the parrot to his rabbi, and he shows him. Says, "Take a look at this." And the rabbi, amazed, he says, "Where did you find such a bird?" And the man said, "Well, I just bought him from a pet store, rabbi." And so the owner was telling this guy that all of his parrots can do this. So the rabbi is intrigued and he goes and visits the pet store. But to his surprise, all of the other parrots, they only squawk and they squabble. And the rabbi, he, he goes to the owner and says, I don't understand. He says, why does that one parrot know the Shema, but none of the others do? And the owner, he shrugs and he says, well, rabbi, that's easy. He's the only one who listens. Oh, <laughs> get it? Shema. Shema. Hero, Hero is Israel. Listen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. I'll do better next time. I promise. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's jump into this. Um, we're going to talk about the commission people. And at, at first blush, what we might say, if the last episode was, but well, let me back up even before that, we're talking about two chosen people, which on its face just sounds like I shouldn't have said that because really there's just one chosen people. Almost sounds like it's anti-Semitic oh, yeah. to say it's not just the Jewish people. Yeah. Yeah, it almost sounds heretical. Right. Yeah. But but we we're saying that there are two chosen people that God has really two two groups of people. And we talked in the last episode about Israel and Israel has the distinction of being God's covenant people. He made a covenant and we talked about Genesis 12 and Abraham and that's yeah. when the covenant began. That has been from the time of Abraham and it has gone throughout all of the millennia uh even through today this time God's people 
Israel. There's an everlasting covenant and is still in existence today. So there wasn't some point in history where God says, I'm done with them. It's all over. And I've changed my mind. And now I have a new covenant people. Right. No, he does not have a new covenant people. He has a people that in this particular age has uh, been called as a people with a particular commission, a job to do. Um, And so uh, this is a commissioned people and the purpose of their work will be specific and uh, for a period of time. Right. And so you you can look at passages like a real key one to all of this is Romans 9, 10, and 11, but especially 11, where we're not saying that God has said, I'm done with my covenant people. He says, may it never be, but for this time, there is also a commissioned people. And the first assumption is that that commissioned people is just all the Gentiles, but it's not. Yeah. No, it's, it's not because this commissioned people um, is made up really of Jews and Gentiles. And we probably ought to go back and pick it up as to where uh, this whole thing started. Yeah. And so let's go back to Acts chapter 2. And this is what we call Shavuot, but it's also called Pentecost. And yeah. it's also called the Feast of Weeks, Feast right? Of weeks. Because yeah. we can't just call one thing one thing. We, we've got <laughs> to call right. it lots of things. That's right. Yeah. So we have multiple names for all That's the holidays. Part of Jewish life. Yes. Everything's confusing. And then on top of it, we spell everything multiple ways. Just try the word Hanukkah and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and here's just an even, uh, you know, one of my kids, um, the loudest one, um, she, she, and even when I say she, I've just given her away, but yeah. She, she's always asking me, she says, dad, you're so Jewish. And I say, thank you, sweetie. And I mm-hmm. give her a hug, a kiss and a few bucks. And I, I thank her. Right. But what, what she really means by that. And, and we've had this conversation a little bit. She says, you're so Jewish. Like you're going to Israel and you have the Jewish road podcast and you can go to your website and your email is shalom at the Jewish road.com. And she says, all of the, you're so Jewish. And I had to have a bat mitzvah. And there's, there's part of it that for her, she's not feeling the Jewish joy. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. we, you have a lot of Jewish joy. Yeah. I, I think I have some Jewish joy. Yeah. I mean, when you sit down at Passover and you pull out a ball of gefilte fish and throw some horseradish on it, that's Jewish joy. Yeah. We well, even like getting sick because we have matzo ball soup. Yeah. That's a type of uh, Jewish joy. I guess the real Jewish joy comes out of God's word, but, uh, you know, I don't want to downplay that. Yeah. So, but, but the danger for us is, uh, and the, I think the question that she's asking, it's not that she hates being Jewish, but she just doesn't understand why it's important. And I think that, you know, her wrapped up in this 13 year old human brain and body as she's thinking like, well, does this actually still matter? Why does this matter? Well, look at the culture and the place where, you know, we're all living. Yeah. Um, You know, we, we were born and we live in America, you know, well, I was born in Brooklyn. I think that's still a part of America. Just barely. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to seed pretty soon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're a part of this country that has been a great country. And uh, why would we want to go anywhere else or do anything else? This is who we are, right? Yeah. But, but even today, and even as an evangelical, and I know some people will call us Christians, and we'll get to that in a second, but even, even a decade ago, um, it, it was still pretty okay and, 
and accepted and you were well loved. I remember you, I used to be able to say like, oh yeah, I'm a pastor and people would, would love me for that. And there'd be an immediate trust and all, all of that kind of stuff. But even today, if you're an evangelical, it's like, you got to know who you're talking to before you say that, because you're not exactly sure what that response will be. And we not only see that in with evangelical Christian America, but we're even seeing this as what, what is going on in the posture of our country towards Israel. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, what, what the question really is, is why can't I just be an American and be happy right here where I am? Right. Yeah. And, and you, we are happy as Americans. Don't get, get us wrong. For now. Yeah. But even, um, I, I just, I don't know if you're following any of the headlines this week, but uh, this week there's a member of the squad Right. We know the squad. Right. Uh, and we have, you know, this is far left House Democrats and some of them are getting a little bit pummeled. But there there was a condemnation of Israel. And I mean, think about this. Like even when I was growing up as a kid, you would never have anybody in the government saying anything bad about the Jewish people or Israel. But we have uh, this representative, Pramila Jayapal, Democrat in Washington, heads the Congressional Progressive Caucus right. and has come in to to this whole you know situation. We had the president, President Herzog, came in from Israel and spoke yesterday. But this is what she says. She said, as someone who's been in the streets and participated in a lot of demonstrations, I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy, that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it does not even feel possible. Um, and, and so you have, even just coming from our government and what's going on today, there is a, a, an erosion of um, this love for Israel. The world, you can start to see where the world, I mean, the world's always been in many ways against Israel from the moment she declared her independence until now, but it's the, the heat is getting turned up. Yeah, and it's just another sign of the fact that we are getting closer and closer to the end. Uh, we're seeing a rise once again of anti-Semitism, and it's really a time for the church really to stand up uh, and, you know, not uh, not ignore what's taking place in this country. And I know a lot of people want to uh, have uh, th- this country restored and back to its uh, original purposes and roots and, and so on. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of uh, from the position that ultimately this country, along with all the other nations, are going to disappear. I mean, Zechariah tells us that all of the nations are going to come against Jerusalem in the end. And so that includes this one. And so, uh, you know, we, we can't really be happy here. And uh, in, in the direction that this country is going. Yeah. So, and, and maybe that was a slight rabbit trail, but so if we're going to bring it back, why this is important is that we need to make sure that we understand the time that we're living in. Um, but also who, who are the main characters in this story? And because we have this unprecedented union, um, that, that God is not done with his people. Um, and, and, when we're talking about the church and we're talking about the commissioned people, um, that this is not just the Gentiles, but it also includes the Jewish people. So we're here. Uh, finally, let's get back to uh, Shavuot or Pentecost, and uh, we'll yeah. pick it up in what, Acts chapter 2.
to, and uh, it it is you know referred to as the day of Pentecost. Uh, the Jewish people would have been in Jerusalem for this particular day because it was one of the three uh, feast days that they had to show up in Jerusalem for. And when they were there at the temple site, uh, all of a sudden you have uh, really uh, the move of God taking place among the people where they're all speaking in different languages and they're declaring God's uh, gospel and his truth to one another. Uh, I think it lists like 16 different countries of Jewish people who are there and God-fearers who are there and they're sharing uh, this in their own languages. And so uh, somebody says, well, these guys must be drunk, you know, yeah, it's only nine in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Peter stands up and says, "Listen, they can't be drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning." So what's interesting too is like this is even before the diaspora, right? But you have these these you have Jewish people that are coming from other countries and they have their own languages. So we've all already and always been spread out a little bit. Yeah, um, you know they they came back from the Babylonian captivity, uh, but not everybody came back, and there were still Jewish people living. Uh, outside of Israel at that time, but they came for this feast and God required it. And uh, Peter preaches a tremendous ser- sermon as to what uh, happened in that uh, at in that place and at that time. And you know, I, I like what uh, what happens at the end of of that whole thing. Um, because uh, he says in verse 36 of chapter 2, he says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, that is uh, Jesus, Yeshua, both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter what, and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be immersed, be baptized every one of you in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, for forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So uh, that's the response uh, to a great uh, message preached by Peter. And and he says, for the, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And That's a little foreshadowing going on right there. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and so how many uh, get saved here? We got 3,000. We got 3,000 3, saved. How, how, many, how many Gentiles are in there? There are not any Gentiles that are recorded. And, and you can see some of this. And, and what if you actually do a little deeper dive in, in Acts 2, you'll see there's some of these places that we, we know the audience. We know who's there. We know who Peter's talking to. But it says in verse 5, it says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews. Okay, there's one. Uh, in verse 14, he says, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. And he's quoting the prophet Joel. And then you go to verse 22 and he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. And then in verse 29, he says, brothers, he's talking about his Jewish brethren, right? And then what you just read in verse 36, he says, let all the house of Israel. So he's talking, these are Jewish people. When we say, and really we could say, this is the moment where the church is birthed. This is the beginning of what we would call the church. Yeah. The ekklesia in the Greek language, which really means the called out ones. Right. 
So there wasn't, before this moment, and as Jesus is walking around in his earthly ministry, um, we don't have the church. What do we have at that point then? We have Israel. We have Israel. Yeah. And, but, but Israel is including, I mean, there are people like Roman centurion. We have Gentiles who are coming to faith. Jonah is, is going out and Nineveh comes to faith. Those are Gentiles. So are, are they Israel too? Yeah. Well, no, they're, they're not Israel. Uh, I, I guess Jonah is the, uh, the mission missionary to the Gentiles in the old Testament. Right. Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, by and large, what's happening here on this day of Pentecost is that it's a temple site event. These are all Jewish people there. And at the end of Peter's message, 3,000 are saved. And that's just the morning service. They're going to come back for an afternoon service. Yeah, even more will be saved. Another, what, 5,000? Another 5,000 are saved. How many Gentiles are in that one? Uh, still zero. Yeah. So you have 8,000 starting the uh, the body of Messiah, the church now. There's a megachurch in Jerusalem. Yeah. The first megachurch. Yeah, and they're they're all Jewish, you know. So, uh, how in the world do we get the Gentiles saved? Yeah, and and what we think, and it's maybe maybe we need to just even take a moment here and just say that when we talk about, I think when most people say this, and it, it we we feel this, I feel this every time I, I go into a different church and I hear somebody talking about it, they'll say. Well, there were Christians there and God saved the, the Christians in, in the early church. And, and we have all of these Christians and look what the Christian community is doing in Acts 2.42 and they're selling their belongings and everyone's caring for each other. This is a very Christian thing to do. And, and you and I know what they're saying when they say that, but what we're forgetting and what we're removing from that early audience is their Jewishness. Right, right. Um, and, you know, we, we, need, we need to maintain the continuity of that. Uh, you know, and, and it's a whole other topic to talk about, but if, if we thought about, uh, the history that is going to take place within the church and the Jewish people, uh, you know, there are reasons why we make a big point out of this today, uh, because, uh, you know, the, uh, there's a friction there between being a Christian and being a Jew. I mean, when I grew up, I was Jewish, and I knew I was Jewish, and I knew there was another religion out there, and it was for somebody else, not for me. Yeah. In, yeah. in order to believe in Jesus, then you would have to become. You would convert and become a Christian, and it's it's the question that we get all the time is, so you believe in Jesus, when did you convert? Somebody the other day said, when did you switch? Yeah. And and that, and, and we're not, we don't, you know, hit people over the head when they say that, but we, we want to use that as an opportunity. Right. Uh, in fact, we were just invited to go over to somebody's house for Shabbat. Um, they are Gentile Christian believers um, who are friends with non-believing Jews, and they want to invite the non-believing Jews to meet us so that we, as the switched ones, <laughs> yeah. could talk to the unswitched ones and switch them over. Yeah. And we have to, and, and I had a great conversation with uh, a person in LA um, just a couple weeks ago, and and she is a, a Jew who is on the path to wanting a relationship, believing that Yeshua, Jesus, is her Jewish Messiah. Right. But she said something absolutely so profound, I can't forget it, and I'll probably talk about it the rest of my life. She said, I feel like if I'm facing my Jewish people, I've turned my back on Jesus. Uh-huh. But she says, if I turn around and I face Jesus, then I am turning my back on the Jewish people. That These two can't yeah. possibly 
coexist. And some of that language of, so when did you convert? When did you switch is feeding into that. Yeah. The fact that uh, people believe that it can't coexist uh, is just a complete lack of understanding of the continuity of Jewishness that is involved in this new covenant that we live under. So even just as an exercise, if you're a Christian listening to this, and that is almost all of our audience, um, but we do have some friends. Hello, Israel. We see you, 5% of our audience out there. Um, but uh, to reread, go through uh, the book of Acts, and and you can start in two, but you know I, I like completion. Go back to one and read it fully in context. But read those first nine chapters of Acts with the lens. Say to yourself every 10 seconds, these are Jewish people. These are Jewish people. These are Jewish people. And how does that change what's going on there? Because it's not really until Acts chapter 10. And this is not just, you know, turn a few pages and I got there a few minutes later. This is a whole decade later yeah. in Acts chapter 10, where we have the first Gentiles that are now part of what we call the church, the ecclesia. Yeah. And, and it, becomes really significant because it is declared at that point. And, uh, you know, do we want to go uh, through what took place at that time? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, we, we get to Acts chapter 10 and uh, we find uh, Peter who is in Joppa or Yafo. Uh-huh. And uh, he is there and, and God gives him a vision uh, there's a there's a sheet coming down with all of these unkosher animals in it, and God says, uh, the Lord says, kill and eat. And Peter says, whoa, I've never touched any of this stuff before. I can't do that. And he says, what I've called clean, don't call unclean. And I don't think he quite understood it, but he ended up uh, understanding that he was to go to uh, the home of this Roman centurion named Cornelius. And... Uh, he ends up there the next day, and he's at Cornelius's house. Yeah, it's 30 miles away. It's yeah. a walk up there, yeah. uh, and he gets there. And, and by the way, we do walk through uh, uh, quite a bit of this. Um, if you look at some of our past uh, episodes, look at episode 36. We talk about the Jewishness of Pentecost. Uh, episode 37, the afternoon of Pentecost. And then really what we're talking about right now, and we do a deeper dive on it, is uh, episode 38, can a Gentile be saved? And so Cornelius, he finds himself, he's he's up there in Caesarea, and and we have our, our good friend Peter is knocking on the door saying, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing here. Yeah, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> right. And so he shows up and there's a crowd that's waiting for him. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting, though, I mean, one of the first things Peter says uh, to him in, in verse 28, he says, uh, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate or to visit anyone of another nation. You know, he's saying, you know that I'm not supposed to be here. So tell me, what is it that I'm here for? Right. And, and then the, the, the real pivotal words are the next two words. He says, but God. But God, yeah, God changes everything and God can yeah. change everything. He says, yeah. God has shown me something totally different that I should never call any person common or unclean. Uh, where did he get that idea? Well, it was from the dream the day before. I think he put those two together. I yeah. think he did. Yeah. That was that was the point. Yeah. 
So he says, so when I was sent for, I came without objection, <laughs> but even with the, without objection, he's still asking questions. What am I doing? And I asked then why you sent for me. And so then Cornelius says he has a prayer and there's all of this stuff here. And so all of these people are there and says, I sent for you at once and you've been kind enough to come. So we're all here in the presence of God to hear all that you've been commanded by the Lord. And that's where Peter's thinking, oh man. I, I was mm -hmm. supposed to have a speech ready, and I wasn't exactly ready for all this. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it, being Jewish, it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, impede him at all because the next verse says that he opened his mouth. That's it. I was at a, a conference last week, and uh, we have a, a friend uh, together for Israel, Scotty Voke, and he just uh, happened to be in town and was at this conference and showed up. And the people who were running the conference saw Scotty Voke at lunch and said, "Hey." Uh, would you grab a session, the next session in about an hour? And Scotty said, uh, I guess so. So he yeah. just, he didn't, what am I doing here? There's a thousand people here. What am I going to do? And yeah. hour later he opened his mouth up and he spoke. Yeah. It was pretty good too. Be ready to give an answer. And at yeah. all times. Yeah. So Peter was ready uh, and he stands up and he says, I understand that God shows no partiality. He's not a respecter of persons, uh, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And so uh, Peter begins preaching. Right. And while he's right in the middle of his sermon that he's giving to them, the Holy Spirit falls just like it did at Shavuot at the temple site. Right. But the first time is, is it was a surprise. Obviously, there's a lot going on. But as he's speaking, the, the Spirit falls, but it's on the Jewish people. And this time, it's the same thing, but a different group of people. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit and it's falling on, it says, and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter, they were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on, even on. Even on the Gentiles. Even on yeah. the Gentiles. And I love Peter's response to that because he's still, you know, it, it gives you a sense of, you know, his, his Jewish mindset and all of this. He turns around to these guys that have come with him, right. his Jewish brethren. The circumcised ones. Yeah, and he says, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized the same as us? You know, it's like you guys saw it for yourselves. You know, the same thing happened to them as what happened to us at Shavuot. So, uh, you really? know. This, this, is, this is the beginning, the inclusion of... So when we, when we say that we're talking about we have two chosen people, we have the covenant people, which are the, is, is Israel, but now we have the commissioned people, and it's, it's not just the Jewish people, the beginning of the church, the ecclesia in Acts chapter 2, but now you go to Acts chapter 10, and that ecclesia now includes the Gentiles. Yeah. So two sets, two different groups of people that are now both believers under this banner of the commissioned ones, the called out ones, the ecclesia, the church. Yeah, it's almost the reverse of what it was in the first century where the Jews had to come to the to, to the understanding that, hey, the Gentiles are a part of it, and now here we are 2,000 years later, and we have to tell Christians in the church, hey, the Jews are a part of it. That's right. Yeah. So when we say they're the commissioned people, and now we know, we have a sense of it's the Jews and the Gentiles, what is this commission? What is it that they're commissioned to do? Yeah. They are commissioned to take the good news to the entire world. So that, that one thing that Israel, the covenant people, was given to be a light, to go out and to share that light with the rest of the nations and did not do such a great job, that task has been given to the church, 
the churches, the commissioned people to go out and not only spread that light to the rest of the world, to those who are far off and outside, just like it says in Acts chapter two, Mm -hmm. but back to the original chosen covenant people, Israel. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And it, it was not, uh, you know, it was not a safe thing to do back in those days. And it's becoming not a safe thing to do today. Yeah. But we were never called to be safe. No. We were never called to be secure. and Or popular or yeah. everybody love us. That's right. <laughs> we, we want that. But boy, it, we are entering into some new and different times. And I would have never thought, I, I, I think I used to grow up thinking like, and even going through seminary, like, well, it's, it's down the line. It's down the line. But I, I feel like you, you just see the tension and the world's gone nuts. Absolutely. Happened fast. It happened really fast. Yeah. Like yeah. I think over COVID, like the whole, the whole world just went nuts and, and things have gotten very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in all of that, it's important for us to keep our eyes open, um, to keep watch, to be ready, uh, to know the story that we find ourselves in, that we are... Uh, you you are part of this this commissioned group of people called to bring the light and the love of Yeshua, Jesus, the promised Messiah of Israel to the nations and everywhere we go. Um, we, we have to live with the mindset of that commission. So go out, do that, be bold, be brave, and uh, may the Lord guide you by the power of his spirit. Amen. Amen. Sha'alu shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Israel and Jerusalem. Yes.